Welcome to Brotherly Pod. Here it is Thursday, February 15, 2024. Post game! Flyers just got beat by the Toronto Maple Leafs in overtime. And the name of the game here was Austin Matthews drug his gigantic balls all over the Flyers for a vast majority of that game. And then they lost in overtime. The Flyers did not give up, which is neat and all. But uh, we'll break that down and a whole lot more. We've got a lot of shit to talk about. It's that time of year where you two or three days between shows and got another hour's worth of content. Fresh shit. So um, Nick is back. Hi, Nick. Hi, Daniel. And hi, everybody. Been Thanks a while. For me. It has. It's been uh, almost, a, no, I think it's just been over a month since you had me and Katie on. Together. We're doing post game like the good old days. The good old days of the uh, angry negative show. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Yeah, you know, as uh, alluded to here, and we were talking about this before we went on, but the, uh, you know, the work ethic versus talent debate continues to be one of my favorite things on there. And one of the highlights of my job doing this is that I get to lay some baited tweets every now and again. And No, uh, you don't do that. No, not me. I would never. <laughs> I'm above that kind of stuff. I definitely didn't tweet out that uh, the Flyers don't need Austin Matthews. They've got Ryan Paling. It's almost the same thing. Definitely <laughs> wouldn't say anything like that. And if there's just an entire thread of people that, in turn, try and convince themselves that they do not need Austin Matthews and that Ryan Paling is better, which is, which is something, all right. That's a that's a take. <laughs> I mean, you notice like players like Matthews, uh, Posternock. Basically, uh, the last month of the Flyers. They got destroyed by Tampa because of Kucherov. They got destroyed yep. uh, destroyed by Colorado because of McKinnon. They yep. got destroyed by Boston because of uh, Pasternak. Yep. They got destroyed tonight because of Toronto. And even the games that they won, being Florida and Winnipeg, weren't exactly pretty. So, no. you know, the work ethic is fine. And, and we're, we're two minutes and I'm already rubbing my temples. <laughs> Listen, everybody. Like, people take it. Like, there can't be talent. Like, they need to survive solely on work ethic. Like, working hard is great. Having good players on your team, and they also work hard, would make you a legitimate cup contender. Like the Panthers. Yes, like the Panthers. Like the Bruins. Like Edmonton. Like, I, I just... You need talent. I, I, the the complete aversion of this fan base wanting anybody good on the roster blows my mind every single time. And, it, and this is just one of those games that kind of highlighted that battle of work ethic v. talent and yeah. that people just have no sense of objectivity when it comes to trying to weigh that the Flyers need to be better than they are right now in order to have legitimate success. And to segue this game and said talent is, like we've said, Austin, like you said, Austin Matthews just took the game over in the second period. Took it over single-handedly, and the Flyers had no answer. None. Ursan was Swiss cheese tonight. I don't like any of the goals he gave up. Maybe the one I can understand. The, the, the second goal. No, that was the power play goal. The third goal. The hat trick goal. I was like, how do you not have that? Or even the first one. Either way. I'm, the first I'm one was the, the shitty turnover that he just then had free reign to shoot on Urson. Yeah, yeah, Sanheim left him way yeah. too much space. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I, the talent won tonight, did, did it not? Not the yes. uh, not the outworking. And uh, But they got but, a point, Nick! 
Yeah, I mean, look. <laughs> I am glad that this team actually fights back because over the last few years, and there's plenty of recordings of us to prove it, like mm-hmm. this team just rolled over and died. Like, and would just get pummeled all night long. At least, yes, everybody, we are happy this team works its dick off. Like, that's one thing Tortorella has done very well here is they play hard they block shots they're tough to play against they're they're never going to give up i appreciate that because this is the first time in like three years i'm watching every game i possibly can because it's actually usually enjoyable except for some stretches of madness like tonight um like you still need that guy like all those players you just listed they all kicked the shit out of the Flyers over the last single-handedly. Yep. And and you're not gonna tell me like uh, McKinnon doesn't work his bag off for uh, the Avalanche and no, only Ryan Paling and Nick Sealer work hard. Look, I like Ryan Paling, I do. But to say that we don't need stars is is crazy. I mean, yeah, our best players, Travis Konechny. And he has shoved it up my ass the last two seasons because I was a huge TK hater on I this pod. And, and and I, dude, there's plenty of tweets of me just shitting on him. I mean, but people act like, even with him, it's John LeClaire or Simone Gagne or something. Like, he's still not even a point-per-game player, correct? The verbal masturbation of guys like Konechny and Frost and... Frost sucks. Like, you just... Uh, they're fine players. There's nothing wrong with Travis Konechny. No. But this is not the guy you build a franchise around. No. He's a very good complimentary piece. He's making it work. Mm-hmm. You know, if this version of Konechny was here when Giroux and Katuri were at their peaks in, like, 2017, that'd be a hell of a top line. Yeah. But yeah. that's not the case anymore. You know, mm-hmm. in this whole... I am vehemently against re-signing Travis Konechny for the exact same reason I was with Sean Couturier. It's just a bad deal. You're going to get a few more years out of him and it's going to suck sooner or later. But I listen, I've written multiple pieces about that. I got one coming out next week that everyone's going to absolutely hate and I can't wait for it. Dude, the comments on Twitter on those articles, like, you can tell they didn't... <laughs> There's something, aren't they? <laughs> you can tell. It's like typical Twitter. Like, they just read the headline and don't bother, like, actually get any substance out of what you tried to say. Every time I write a deal or no deal piece, every single time people respond with, why'd you make this trade? I go, well, I didn't come up with that trade. I found it on Cap Friendly. Someone else made it. I put it there for you to read. Read the fucking goddamn <laughs> article before saying dumb shit. And it's why I typically, for the most part, don't argue with people on Twitter anymore. Because I can typically tell who does and does not read and who is just there to shit on every last fucking thing I ever say. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. Nobody wants... What's he have left? uh, This year and next year? This year and next year, yeah. I'm okay with giving him, like... Well, he's not looking for this, but you give him, like, a three-year deal. I say five at max, but he's going to get... I'm okay with that, too. He's going to get eight by eight, at least. Probably eight by nine, probably. Milk on a hot summer day. Yeah, and in a few years, you're gonna have the corpse of Sean Couturier. You're gonna have Sanheim and Konechny, who are both well into their thirties, locked up forever. Owen Tippett's here forever. He's slightly younger now. I think he's only twenty four, twenty five right now. So it's not that bad. But like, you're starting to hand out some of these contracts again that you're gonna look back. I saw somebody on Twitter before I started compare 
a Konechny extension to the Jake Voracek extension, which is essentially, it's what the player's worth right now, but it's going to fuck you in the ass later, mm-hmm. which is which is true. And you just got to think more than that. And the whole, listen, my entire argument with Konechny when it comes to getting rid of him is, are, is the organization actually going to build around this player over the next three years when he's still at his peak? Or are they just going to re-sign the guy because they're pandering to the fans and they're going to waste the prime of his career like they did with Claude Giroux? We're going to keep Giroux around forever and never build around him. Are they going to do the same thing with Travis Konechny? If there is intent to get better and they actually build towards something, you can keep Konechny. If they're just doing it for funsies because we just have to run the entire team back again, then don't do it because it's not the smart move. People don't I mean, even want to trade Sean Walker anymore. They just want to keep the band together. Yeah, I saw I mean, a lot of that the last few days. We don't need trade deadline assets. And listen, at this point, draft picks are dumb because they're not going to play their prospects anyway. So no. I don't even know why they bother. But uh, they have a, I mean, look, I, I've seen the number of draft picks they have over the next couple of years, and they have enough where they can actually use some of that capital to acquire said pieces that you just mentioned. Like, yeah. A, and then if we have all these fucking picks, then do something with them instead of sitting on them like uh, Hextall did or Fletcher did. You know, like fucking do something draft with them. this draft capital. And then or, keep them in the AHL for five years like they're yeah. doing with all their current guys. Yeah, let's fucking Because the fucking Ryan Palings of the world are so fucking critical to the main roster. I like Paling, but the fucking Cam Atkinsons of the world. Cam Atkinson, by all accounts, great guy. You know what? 130 oh. years old and looks every bit of it. Oh, my God. God, he is cooked. Yeah. Cam Atkinson, cooked. Except, was that the Jets game like three weeks ago now? We had the two goals. And it's he's, been a while. Yeah. He's the Haley's Comet of fucking Flyers <laughs> players. Once every 75 years, he he uh, he uh, shows himself, scores a goal, and then you don't see him again forever. Like, he, he stinks. He's still got a year in his contract, too. Oh, my God. Is, is, that, is that even worth buying out? Actually, the buyout makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah, buy him out. Thank you for your service. You you were a cool guy while you were here. You stink, and you're taking space away from anybody. I don't even care if it's a grinder or a kid on the Phantoms. You are cooked. And then uh, Delorier, who luckily the Flyer survived the uh, instigator penalty today. Um, watching him live, because I was at my first Flyers game in uh, two years this past weekend, Um Nick Delorier can barely move out there as well. So you're telling me Nick Delorier, Cam Atkinson, and uh, Mark Stahl are worth more worth having out there than literally anybody. And then Oli Lexel, Sam Tuomala, and, right. and Alondre. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah. Like, I can understand occasionally sitting... Delorier little... played four minutes and 25 seconds of ice time. Again, this is, I think, the sixth game now since the new year that he played less than five minutes. And, he, and Ryan Reeves wasn't even in the lineup tonight. You didn't fucking need DeLaurier. And by the way, Cam York got killed right in front of DeLaurier and didn't prevent it. I oh. thought enforcers were supposed to prevent that kind of stuff from happening. I thought they're policing that hmm. kind of behavior. Interesting. Hmm. It's almost like it's a bunch of bullshit! Yeah. Now, now here's another thing, though. Like, I don't... Like, do you want to see Lixell or anybody take his spot just to play four fucking minutes. It's better than carrying Lexel in the press box for three weeks on end. Yeah. When the Phantoms Put desperately need help. Phantoms. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't know. I mean, look, and to get into the game about these performances, right? Like, first period, <laughs> we didn't even start talking about the game. We got so mad about everything else. <laughs> Classic. We get off the rails so quickly. First period, I was very satisfied. I thought they came out strong. Um, beautiful goal by Sanheim. Beautiful play by TK, Lawton, and Sanheim. Like, that was a great fucking hustle and, and great finish. And then Ursan looked okay. And then the second period, clearly Sheldon Keefe. That's the name, right? Sheldon? Mm-hmm. Sheldon. What a dork. Uh, <laughs> clearly, something was said in that locker room because Toronto came out a completely, completely different team in the second. And the Flyers had no answer for said talent. And I like Urson. I, I've been pretty uh, pleasantly surprised by his play. I mean, his, especially the last uh, winning streak they had. He's been really good. But like, he still all, is not uh, at that level yet. No, I, I, he's not. And I, and like Austin Matthews, I mean, I I get it. He's going to have sixty goals again this year. <laughs> he has forty five goals right now. The entire Flyers roster combined is one hundred and fifty eight. Yeah, that's <laughs> one third by himself. Yes, and this and look, we're we're probably going to make the playoffs, right? At this and, point, it's looking semi decent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the Devils lost in regulation tonight. And that's the only, and it's, I think the Flyers now have an eight point gap on them. So when everything tightens up, and we've talked about this before, and this was always my initial gripe with Konechny, is things tighten up in the playoffs. And all those first round exits they had, except for that stupid bubble playoff, the Flyers' offense would dry up. Because you only have to single in on a couple of guys, and then you get, then you're out the door in five to six games. Thanks for coming. And there's a difference between beating the Colorado Avalanche in a random game in December than there is taking them on in a seven game playoff series. Exactly. And that's the same with every big team, whether it's Boston or Winnipeg or Tampa or Toronto, like this. You know, if the season ended today, they would play Carolina in the first round. Yeah. I don't think they're beating Carolina. The only way I can see them beating Carolina is because they don't have stud goaltending either. Anderson is coming back. Oh. So it doesn't really qualify as stud goaltending, but it's better than fucking anti-Ronto, whoever's patrolling their crews these days. Yeah, I mean, and, and Carolina plays a good game, right? I mean, they wouldn't be second in the division otherwise. But, I mean, they've... Talk about work ethic. That's a fucking team with some work ethic right there. Yes, it is. Huh. And they can, they can move out there and... Uh, I, I like their chances against Carolina more than um, the Rangers in a seven-game series. Or, yeah, I, I would definitely want, wouldn't want them dropping down a wild card spot and having to face Boston or the Rangers. I think that would be a shit kicking. I don't even know if they would make the wild card. I think the Atlantic's got all the wild card spots at the moment. Jeez, I could see that. But yeah, I. I, I just wish Ursan can have some answers to some of the for some of these snipers. You know what I mean? That's only speaking of goalie play and not the person himself. That's where you're going to miss a goalie of Carter Hart's stature. Yeah, it is. It is funny that you know as recently as that Colorado game, which was his last, um, 
people were like, oh, fuck this guy. He sucks. We don't need him. And I'm like, y'all better be careful what you wish for on this one. Yeah. Which has been a trend. You know, it's, it's been a trend for the last few months here when they started playing Urson regularly uh, throughout, you know, December and January. And it's like, we don't need Hart. We got Urson. And I'm like, all right, fuckers. Like, you know, I realize Hart's in jail and is a, you know, f- fucking predator criminal at this point. But, uh, yeah. He was very good at what he did professionally. Yes. And uh, without him, especially considering you replaced him with Cal Peterson. Dude, I can't avoid that motherfucker. When I saw you, <laughs> when I saw you, he played. Um, and then when I went to the game Saturday, he fucking played. I'm like, we can't, we can't avoid this guy. But he actually played pretty good against the Kraken. Yeah, he held his own, I guess. Yeah. I can't expect that to happen a lot. But uh, God, Cal Peterson is terrible. Dude, he made that unbelievable terrible. save, though. That Phantoms game we were at. That was uh, a sick save. Where he Dominic Hashika. Yeah, uh, that was sick. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy that they battled back. Um, it's, it, it is the Maple Leafs. Like, they're, they're softer than baby shit. And they don't have good gold pending either. And. Uh, I, I I hate when they lose like that in overtime, like such a terrible line change. And pretty sure another... that happens every overtime. It does. I feel like. When Do they have an over... overtime victory recently? Uh, can't think of one. <laughs> sure doesn't feel like it. I'm sure no. they do. I'm sure they have at least one. But but when but when they lose in overtime, it's always in like spectacular fashion. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's what the Flyers do best. And I just wish. Ursan would have had a couple of those tonight. But again, it is Austin Matthews. I wish I could shoot the puck half as good as he can. Yeah, it's hard to blame Urson on this one when you you know team just lets <laughs> lets him just run wild on you. Yeah, I mean yeah. Sandheim left him wide open for the first goal. Then the second was the power play, and I felt like he had nowhere to put that puck and he still blew it by him. Mm-hmm. And then the third one Yeah, it was like the curl and drag shot he's so good at. Or Sandheim again didn't close him down enough, and he roofs it. But a, a good battle back. I mean, like you said, Konechny's a good player. You know, I, I don't think he stinks anymore. But I'll be fucking banging that drum again if Mister One Goal in Twenty Two Playoff Games shows up again in April, because that's when it fucking matters. And the last time the Flyers were in the playoffs was the bubble, correct? Yeah. And he didn't score a single goal. I don't think so. No, he didn't. I think it was his last playoff seventeen, goal was I believe, what it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, this was also the first game that Sean Couturier was the captain of the Philadelphia Flyers. In mm-hmm. I mean, the most unspectacular move in quite some time. Yeah. Like we all knew when Giroux left that Couturier was going to be the guy. Mm-hmm. I just think dollars for fucking donuts, that was the case. Yeah. And then Tortorella spends all this time, and this is a topic, like, I've written about this multiple times over the months. We've talked about this on the show every time. And every single time I put more than 30 seconds of thought into how they've handled this entire captaincy bullshit, it gets me angry. You stripped Sean Couturier of the A when Tortorella shows up. Yeah. He was not wearing an A this season. And out of fucking nowhere in the middle of the season in February, you're the captain now, Sean Couturier. Yeah. Why? Why didn't you do this years ago? 
Why is this the thing now? And I guess the theory that I've heard was, you know, he obviously missed the last two years. He came back this year. They didn't give him to immediately because they wanted to make sure that he was still worth a shit. And I guess now that he's worth a shit, now's the time to do it, which I guess is fine. But, uh, yeah, it's a very unspectacular move. Konechny is an A. Lawton uh, remains an alternate for now. We'll see whether or not he gets moved to the deadline. But, uh, yeah, Sean Couturier, 20th captain of the Flyers. The guy that's been here since 2011 and will be here until 2030. Uh, so Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, he just if he plays every game from here on out, he'll have the games played record by like two or three hundred or something like that. Wow. Like, yeah. It's, 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 it's a move, all right. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. You know what I mean? And, and obviously, Tortorella came in here. It's not unexpected. It just It's such a weird time. Yeah, I mean, why not wait till either the end of the year, or why not do it to? But you said wait, maybe they wanted to do see it to open the be. season, or wait yeah. till the summer and have a full-on rebrand. Because naming Lawton, you know, keeping Lawton as an A, and then trading him in two weeks is gonna be really weird. Like, why didn't you just at least wait till post-trade deadline name Couturier the C, and then name somebody else an A? Or right. it's a signal that they're just not gonna trade Lawton. One of the two. Where you're trying to sell him high. Hey, this is one of our alternate captains. He's been our only one. <laughs> we kept him alternate yeah. even after the deadline. Yeah. I mean, you can get a pretty piece uh, package for uh, for Lawton without question. Lawton is an interesting one. Because I, so I did 20 minutes on Lawton on Free to Fly Runs, and we're not going to do it again. But <laughs> I will give you the Spark Notes version. This was a guy that had a lot of rumored offers on the table in 2023. And the Flyers said, no, we're not trading him. We like his leadership. Well, then his play falls off a fucking cliff this season. Borderline yes. worthless. But the Flyers get a second wind. His value gets reinflated because the center market is so goddamn bad right now that mm -hmm. it artificially means that Lawton is more valuable again. Mm -hmm. The question becomes, do the Flyers look a gift horse in the mouth twice? If you kept this guy because he's a leader six months ago, does that theory change much now at the deadline? That's the big question. It's a good question. I mean, I see no point in keeping him. I didn't like the extension when Fletcher gave him that extension. Uh, it's another guy. It's like, it was a guy they should have traded in 2021 when he got that extension. That was yeah. the year they were going to move him to the Leafs. And they said, no, just kidding. We we're going to resign him for five years. I mean, he's putting up a bunch of shorthanded points lately takes a lot of face-offs he uh i'm he's happy a depth to see guy him, who works hard specializes Look, at a couple things he's a great leader but at the end of the day you gotta figure your shit out here they just re-signed ryan paling for two more years at 1.9 million that is an yeah. insane number for a 3c okay like the only way to justify that is with lawton with with moving lawton and yeah. you know yeah, yeah. Well, the made... other side of that coin is if they are convinced they're going to make the playoffs and try and make something out of it, they're not going to get center help anywhere else. They've got nobody internally to no. carry them the rest of the season. So they could say, fuck you, we need Scott Lawton for the playoffs. Look a gift horse in the mouth again, and then try and move him the offseason. And actually, they're probably never going to move him at this point. They're going to they're going to be rumors every trade deadline and offseason, and they just never follow through with it. Because he's a later! What's he making, $3.1 I think it's just three. Okay, so for what two or three him, more years? Two more uh, years. Yeah. All right. So if they keep him, 
and then don't trade him at like the draft or something, then then it's gonna be like, what are we doing here? Yeah, they're just gonna run it back. There are four centers right now: are Sean Couturier, Ryan Paling, Morgan Frost, and Sean or Scott Lawton. That's not a good. That's center not group. good. These are the same people that don't want Austin Matthews on the team. You still need. I feel like you need a proper offensive one C. Yeah. Put with Konechny, because I think you'd probably get even more out of him. And then put Couturier at two C. You need a legitimate one C. You need somebody overall better than Morgan Frost at two C. And just let Sean Couturier ride out the rest of his career as a two-way three C, where you're not overexerting him because the yeah. guy is 31. Like this, this you know the fact that he came back at all is a minor miracle. The uh. fact that he's doing what he's doing is just unheard of, missing all that time with injury. But like he's 31, all the injuries are racking up, both knee injuries and back injuries. Like this guy's not going to be at this level forever. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably fine. I mean, the hockey IQ is going to be great. He's one of those dead guys that you can probably play till he's 40, just chilling on the fourth line in a strict defensive role. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, how much longer does he have as a legit? You know, one or two seed in the NHL. Probably not long. Mm-mm. And you've got nobody coming now because Gochi's gone. <laughs> yeah. Mitchkov's probably settles in as a winger if he ever even makes it to North America. Yeah. And they haven't added a fucking outside center since Christ was a cowboy. So I don't know. Yeah, just I don't know how you go about doing Weird this, but those four centers are not good enough. But, you no. know, Ryan Paling is better than Austin Matthews after all. <laughs> Morgan Frost, he'll like. Dangle, 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 and then do nothing. Yeah, I've never seen someone do so much with the puck on his stick and then produce so little. Like, you know, Frost, I do think... He is one of the players I think has come a very, very long way since the first time I watched him play in 2019. I was at his first AHL game in 1920. I watched all of his AHL run. I've watched all of his fucking NHL run. And on the whole, he's come a long way. You're right. But he's still, like... There's nothing wrong with being a middle six fifty point guy, but when you have an entire fucking roster filled with middle six fifty point guys, it's not enough. He just doesn't stand out in any meaningful way, especially as a center. Mm-mm. He's still not scoring a lot. I think he's going to be. I don't know what he actually has right now. I know he scored the last few games, so his numbers are artificially inflated um, a bit. Morgan Frost, twenty six points in forty three games, nine goals. That's not even remotely good enough. Woo hoo! Like, who cares? You know, Bill Meltzer yeah. can sit here and just fucking jerk it to this guy all day long, and so can all these other weirdos out there. But at the end of the day, he's just not a good enough option for a legitimate playoff team. As are the case with most of their guys in their top six. It's just, they're all fine in their respective individual bubbles, but coming together and trying to make a team, I just don't think it's, uh, this is just not the group that I would be running with, especially center depth wise, you know, if they make it. And all they are is Torts' blue jackets, which I'm pretty sure you've said before. Oh, yeah. that's That's been my theory for a long time with this team, is they just want to be a hard-working bubble team. And in that yeah, sense, that team, they're doing a good yeah. job. But uh, yeah. it, it, the difference is now going to be whether or not they actually build more. You know, yeah. if they keep and, – and listen, we've been talking about this a lot. wrote a piece about it earlier in the week. They have at least 12 forwards under contract next year. Mm-hmm. They already have four main roster defensemen, plus Adder, Andre, Zmula, and Sealer, which is eight. 
and they already have Urson and Peterson, which are two goalies. They've got a full roster under contract in 24-25 already. They can run this team back in its entirety if they so choose because they're basically set up to do it already. Hmm. So the question then becomes, do they settle? Do they go, we're just going to run it back? Maybe um, one or two minor tweaks here and there. You get rid of Mark Stahl and replace him with other 36-year-old random depth defensemen. (sighs) Or do they actually go, hey, we made the playoffs. Let's improve. And that's the part of this whole puzzle I don't believe is going to happen for a second. I don't believe they're going to magically improve. That they're going to pursue Sam Reinhart in free agency. Or trade for Trevor Zegers. Or hunt down Noah Hannafin. Or any of that shit. I think they're just going to run this back. They just want to be a hard-working playoff team. That's all they want. Mm. It has been 15 years since the Flyers traded for Chris Pronger. Yeah, I remember that day. 15 years. That was the last time a notable addition was made to this team. The only three that came even close were Vinny LeCavalier, JVR, and Kevin Hayes. Vinny LeCavalier was 2013. Hayes and JVR were 2018 and 19. And those are stretching the term notable addition as far as oh, I yeah. can. That was a one-legged Vinny LeCavalier. Yeah, 33-year-old broken down Vinny LeCavalier. Yeah, that was a completely... Uh, that was when Holmgren was... Didn't work well under uh, Craig Berube. No, he was... That's when Holmgren's tenure was fizzling. That's it. I mean, there's no other recent example of them adding those players. No. Not one. God. So I don't exactly believe that they're going to do it again. Especially when they're... I don't believe they're going to do it, and I don't believe they're going to do it when they're working so hard to rest on their laurels of a hardworking team. They just want to hang their hat on, we have work ethic! That's it. I mean, you have to... I almost feel like some of this is like an overcorrection from what went wrong over the last, like... It is. Five, six years. You know what I mean? Like... We'd go on here and talk about how they weren't tough. We'd go on here and talk about how the cancer. Remember, we were like the cancer kids fighting, and no one else is fucking fighting. Remember that shit? Yeah, when Oscar Lindblom had to drop the gloves because nobody wanted to defend him. Yeah, um, you know, we talked about. We even talked about earlier in this episode. Like many a year passed, especially recently, they just would roll over and die. Yep. And 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 so now you have this overcorrection of you know we're gonna have. Garnet Hathaway and Nick Delorier. Yep. Like, and Mark Stahl. Like, you have $7 million committed to your fourth line right now between Paling, Delorier, and Hathaway. Oh, my God. Which is nuts. Was Tyson Forrester healthy scratched tonight? Uh, he is hurt at the moment. Okay. He blocked a shot a couple of games ago and fucked up his foot. Apparently, he's fine and will be ready to go, hopefully, by the outdoor game, but... I think it's the second game he's missed now with that with that injury. And Brink's been on the Phantoms, right? Like Brink's been, been in the AHL for yeah. a couple weeks now. Yeah. I and mean, apparently he's not coming back anytime soon. And, and, and you know that's another thing. Like, so we're talking about all these, you know, outworking guys, and you know, you you, you do have to do that, but I, I that I only takes like, you so far. Only so far, and I feel like players like Forrester and Brink. Just kind of, and even Frost, like Frost has, I, I will admit he he is better than he was a couple years ago. Like he's he's better with the puck on a stick, but he doesn't like the physical game. He's not producing, and he makes a lot of bad turnovers. I feel like all, like these kids have kind of stagnated a little bit. Uh, like as far because as because they're not the, being used in a proper way to make it. Bobby Brink was playing a bottom six role for a vast majority of the time he was in the NHL. Makes no sense. 
The guy's 5'8". He goes down to the AHL, is playing like 40 minutes a fucking night. That's, I don't know what he's actually playing, because getting AHL ice time is impossible. But he's out there all the time. Yeah. Nonstop. And put offensive points. minutes and power play minutes because no shit that's where this guy's going to succeed. And it's yeah. been the biggest problem is you have these guys in the AHL that are played in their proper roles and then they get called up into depth roles and they're not suited for that. And especially some of these guys that are undersized, when Tuomala goes through this next season, it's going to be the same thing. Ollie Lexell, yeah. a top guy who mainly succeeds on the power play. The Flyers are, what, one for 25 on the power play recently? I think two because Konechny scored two now, a goal. Two for yet. 25. Oh, fuck. Well, in that case. <laughs> Still 31st. Ole Lexo led the AHL in power play goals for a vast majority of the season until the Flyers started this call-up bullshit and, and fucked yeah. all that up. And he's not playing on a team with a dead last power play. I mean, you're playing him. He's a top-line left wing, and they were playing him at 4C. <laughs> like yeah, that you're sense. setting these guys up to fail and then and they don't want them. And you know, and this is the whole thing is if you don't want Brink and Lexel and Tuomala and Andre, and you're just fuck the prospects. We're never going to use them. Hey, I'm all for that, but that means that you need to address those holes from the outside with legitimacy. If you're going to cut yeah. off your own pipeline, then trade them and trade them, yeah. package them together and acquire Zegers. Or fucking move out some of these stiffs like Atkinson and give someone a no, fucking chance. No, he's a leader, Nick. We need him. There's enough fucking leaders. No, there's never <laughs> enough leaders. There's enough. I know what you're doing, but there's enough. Like, Cam Atkinson is washed. But it he's is a so leader. He works hard. He needs to be here. Dude, he's he better than Bobby Brink, Nick. Bobby Brink, he played 38 games. He's never going to succeed. I just know it. You would be shocked how many times I've heard that statement over the last little while, by the way. 38 games and they wrote his career off. Meanwhile, we're still trying to convince me Morgan Frost is fucking Connor McDavid five years and 200 games into his career. Why do some players get the fucking endless rope to try and prove to me that they're never going to be what they are? Meanwhile, we give them Bobby Brink after 38 games. Fuck off. I mean, if, if this team actually was constructed a little better you could have brink on the third line because when the flyers had a deep roster a long fucking time ago now drew was playing third line center behind briere and richards so if you have a proper roster not full of 10 grinders god did you see these fucking people by the way not to cut you off but they're no, like you know, Sean Couturier was a roommate of Danny Briere, and now Briere's GM and Couturier is the captain. And I'm like, people are using that as some kind of, you know, heartfelt story or a weird flex. And I'm just like, that is not something to be fucking highlighting here, that they were on the same team in 2011! Yeah. All these people that shit on Claude Giroux. The shit that guy took as captain of this team. He's mm -hmm. not good. He's not a leader. He's not this. He's not that. So we're going to give the next captain to the guy who spent his entire career riding shotgun with Claude Giroux. Yeah. Really? Really? And nobody thought twice about it. I was the negative guy for even making that assumption last night. Fuck off. God, I hate these people. You either got to trade the kids, project fuck you them You trade kids. your draft picks and prospects to get main roster talent yeah. here. 
or, or your play your kids rather to see if they can succeed on the main roster. And they're doing exactly neither of those options. It, it, which is a bold strategy. Yeah, it just absolutely beyond me that, that Cam Atkinson is getting playing time. I mean, he scratched him once. Scratch him again. He doesn't do anything. If you're just going to buy him out anyway, you can't even use the highlighting him for a trade excuse. Fucking. There's no reason him. why he's playing and Lexel sitting in the box. Yeah. Or, and you're telling me you, you rather play seven fucking defensemen? And one of them's got to be, like, Mark Stahl's playing instead of a fucking uh, uh, competent kid that can play yeah. at the third or fourth. It's, 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 that's where Tortorella sometimes drives me insane. This 11-7 thing can fuck off. Oh, my God. It's Especially not when it comes with Mark Stahl being one of those seven. Yeah. Yes. He's, he single-handedly, like, just kills momentum when he's out there. He gets beaten to the puck. He can't make that nice pass. He just, he gets, he's Stinks. He fucking stinks. I can't wait till the trade deadline rolls around. I had so many people last summer be like, this guy's going to be a free trade ship. They're going to get a first round pick for the guy. He's going to get moved for all this shit. I'm just like, my God, y'alls are dumb. They're going to get a seventh. They're probably not going to trade him. I would be stunned if Mark Saw got dealt on deadline day because nobody's going to want him because it turns out he's 37 years old and a washed up piece of shit. Boy, who could have ever fucking imagined? It was a dumb signing at the time. Yeah. And it's going to be even more dumb when they don't trade him at the deadline. Yeah, you got to sign his guy. It's a leadership move. You can't trade him, Dan. He's a great leader. He was good. Teaching the young guys. I like that excuse because none of the young guys are even on the fucking main roster anymore. All the young guys are in the AHL. Who are these fucking leaders teaching? Yeah. Cam York. Oh, great. Guy's head is fucking in the third row after that hit tonight. Yeah. What a joke. What a joke. But I tell you (laughs) what. I was at the game, the cracking game. Yeah. I can talk about that real quick. And uh, first game in nearly two years. They've really uh, done a lot of remodeling inside. Pretty nice. We had, I got, it was free tickets. Like I told you, I really, I still won't pay. And it was a Saturday. So free tickets, free parking. I had fun, Dan. I legitimately had a good time at a Flyers game. First time in a long time. The atmosphere was good. I can at least appreciate that there's some buzz in the building again because the last, handful of times I was there, it was a fucking morgue in there. But good time. They have Gritty in one fucking section and he fucking stays there. Because I think enough people and enough podcasts, not just us, were like, can we keep this fucking asshole out of our fucking face? There's one thing that most people agreed on. Yeah. Yeah, like, he's in his section He's not getting in everyone's way. It's not all about gritty. Good. But I'm telling you, man, I had a good time. Like, I took Lauren, you know, one of our last hurrahs before the baby's born. Um, <clears throat> treated myself to a Owen Tippett Stadium Series jersey. Um, saw Katie. Talked to Katie for a few minutes. I, I, I had a good time down there. It was a really good time. Like, I would go back again. Not on a weekday. I am not dealing with rush hour traffic from Quakertown. No. (laughs) Saturday? Absolutely. But I can honestly say 
I had a good time at a Flyers game for the first time in a long time. And I found myself like standing like a fangirl at the end of the game, just like clapping at them. Like, good job, boys. Yes. Yes, boys. Like, I had a good fuck. I, I was caught up in it. I had a good fucking time. And I, yeah, it was, it was a nice little escape for a couple hours. There's nothing wrong with this team. I mean, it's just, my entire problem is just the future, you know? Are just them working themselves into this work ethic and this is the culture and everything's great and wonderful and amazing and just kind of topping out here. And all signs point to them wanting to top out. And that that that's my problem. I don't want to be a first-round exit playoff team again. That was the no. entire point of the Ron Hextall rebuild was to avoid being a first-round exit playoff team. And here we are 10 years later, and we're just totally fine settling in that role again. Because they worked hard. And and again, I hope that's just part of the overcorrection right now, was these guys play like a bunch of fucking... They were, they were they, they just... They were awful the last few years. Absolutely unwatchable. <clears throat> I mean, we're going to find out between this trade deadline and between this summer... We're going to find out if it was all lip service or is there an actual plan? The like, trade deadline will give us a good hint dude, whether or not. Apples to oranges. I know. But the <laughs> but the St. Louis Blues in 2018 traded. Look it up, people. They had one of their core pieces, Paul Stastny. They were in the middle of a playoff chase and the Blues traded him away. The Blues won the Stanley Cup the next year. I'm not saying that's the situation we're in, because we're not. But the Blues got rid of something, a first-round pick, and then that summer, they used said pick to get Ryan O'Reilly. And then they won the fucking Cup. Once they got that horrible coach, Mike Yo, out of the way. You, You... you can make moves, people. You can trade away your little Scott Lawtons and your and your Sean Walkers and your Travis Konechnys. I'm okay with keeping Konechny at the deadline. Truly am. But you can trade away some of these guys for the bigger fucking picture of bringing in someone better than Scott fucking Lawton. Yeah, and it, you know, you know, the fans being homers is one thing right now, but it comes down to whether or not the front office can pull that trigger and. Are they going to trade Lawton and Walker and Sealer, get the assets, move on and fill those holes with better players? Or are they going to say, no, we're going to keep it. They're too important to the culture. Lawton's here for the rest of time. They're going to re-sign Nick Sealer. And it's just completely, I just, I just don't believe for a second that they're going to do the right thing, which is taking a step forward. I just don't believe it. I just mainly trust, quite frankly, more than anything. This organization does not have my trust yet. You know, this little great rah rah pandering shit. Maybe it's working for some people, and it's clearly working because these fucking dingbats on social media are through the roof right now. But uh, in terms of earning that trust, it is done through actions. Words don't mean shit to me at this point. It is all about whether or not they actually go through with building this team. And that is still very much TBD. And if they sit here and get rid of all these guys at the deadline and they go into the offseason and they sign Reinhardt and Hannafin in free agency, I'll be the happiest fucker you've ever met. But until that actually happens, this middle ground, hardworking, lack of top stars, you know, cutting legs out from your own prospects bullshit, not flying because this is not how you do it properly. 
They are setting themselves up for failure. It's Ron Hextall all over again. And it worries the shit out of me. Hannafin might be available for trade now, they say. Yeah. Pending a UFA out in Calgary. But the Flames are probably going to want capital. gas ton, yeah. So fucking give it to them if we're not going to use what we have. I mean, if they never plan on playing Mel Andre in the NHL because it's just got to re-sign Nick Sealer. Package him in a first-round pick. Get him, like, use these guys for something other than just to waste time. Shit or get off the pot, Danny. Exactly. Exactly. When's the deadline? March 6th? March 8th. 8th. Which is uh, on to three weeks from tomorrow. Hmm. I'll be off. It's a Friday. Yeah, it's Friday. Wow. It's Friday afternoon. Great time for your uh, trade deadline there. NHL, good job. Right into the weekend. How about the Blue Jackets firing uh, Yarmo Kukalainen? Yeah. The Ivan Provorov effect, some people are calling it. Pretty sure after the whole uh, Babcock thing went south. Yeah, I uh, mean. <laughs> the writing was on the wall after that one, but uh, <laughs> they handle their prospects worse than the Flyers do. Oh, my God. They're one of the worst organizations on all of hockey. Like, one playoff series win in 24 years. And they can get away with it out there because Ohio State football rules out there. Nobody gives a fuck about them. Yeah, I mean, what a poverty and if you're a Blue Jackets fan that's somehow listening to us, you are a fan <laughs> of a horrible, horrible dog shit franchise. What an inept fucking franchise. Always bottom feeders. And and, and that, that GM didn't do fucking anything besides hire, you know, Adolf Hitler reincarnate to fucking be their coach. A, a known fucking asshole. And then you trade for Provorov, a known fucking asshole. Did you not do your research on Ivan Provorov, you fucking dickhead? <laughs> and, and, and here you are again. Like You, you signed Johnny Gaudreau because rumor has it that actually nobody wanted him. So he acts like, I always, I always wanted to be here in Columbus. No, you fucking didn't. They're the, one of the few teams that offered you and they fucking offered you a bloated contract. And they still... Stink. No matter what they do, they stink. Now, you said Hextall. For argument's sake. Before we wrap this up, probably in a little bit. Now we have hindsight. Who was actually worse as GM? Hextall or Fletcher? That's No, that's apples and oranges. Yeah, I guess you're right. Because Hextall just flat out lied to everybody and then f- completely failed at rebuilding the team. Mm-hmm. He sucked at drafting. He didn't do anything right. There was never any actual rebuild there. He never sold yeah. anybody off. He didn't keep Drew Voracek, all that shit. And then Fletcher, you know, he was building on the failed foundation that Hextall laid. But then later on in his tenure, he shot himself in the foot so many goddamn times <laughs> because he was incompetent at his job that he didn't know how to build a team. I mean, you're not kidding. So, I mean, it's two different yeah. levels of incompetent, but uh, you know, Fletcher struggle. You know, if Hextall was good at what he did, Fletcher could have came in and reaped the rewards of what he had to do, and just basically did his job on an autopilot. Yeah. But so Hextall was shit at what he did. He laid a bad foundation, and then Fletcher was just a, a, a disaster. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I, I think both of them, especially after the Pittsburgh job Hextall did, I think both GMs, like, you won't see them be the GM of a team for a long time. They did never so Never say big. never. Well, just like... Uh, One of them ends up in fucking Columbus. Who was that fucking idiot that went to Ed, Ed, Peter Shirelli? Mm, yeah. Right? Like, he did so bad, you'll never see him again as a, as a lead GM. I think in the Blues front office somewhere, if I remember correctly. But he's not going to fucking call the shots there. Mm. No fucking way. Maybe one day. I guess, but... Um, <laughs> you could make the argument that Hextall was worse because... He had prime Drew. He had prime Couturier, prime Simmons, prime Shen, prime Voracek. Really not much of a defensive core, though. Like, the talks have been made before how, like, Steve Mason, <laughs> what he did with that, with the Incredible. six defensemen uh. in front of him, where it is, it, like, truly people, look it up. Look at the rosters and look at his numbers. Incredible. <coughs> Excuse me, as I cough into the mic. <laughs> Just getting over being uh, violently sick earlier this week. Hey, me too. Well, that was last week, actually. But... Dude, I got a story for you when I get done. That's, <clears throat> that's why this bucket's in here, because it was a puke <laughs> bucket. <laughs> I'm dead serious. It was not puked in. Um, Good. <laughs> uh, so he had all those... He at least had a prime forward group to build off, did he not? The summer... I gave up on Hextel before everyone else did was 2016 when Oshie and Kessel got traded for pennies on the fucking dollar and he said yeah. no. Yeah. I gave up on that system immediately and I sat there for years preaching about how his rebuild is a miserable failure and it's not working and everyone said Daniel you're so negative and turns out I was fucking right so I'm sitting here again saying hey this Breer guy like there's some positives here but there's a lot of fucking shit that needs to get done and I was like, fuck you Daniel Ryan Paling's great I was like alright fuckers we'll see about that yeah. five years from now when this team is in the exact same spot if not worse because they chose to actively not get better and fuck all their prospects don't say Dan the Flyer fan didn't fucking warn you right? yeah. his inability and refusal to Add from the outside when he actually had, uh, excuse me, a, a good forward group is just to you me. You could have made something of that area. Unforgivable. They really wanted to. Yeah. And all those first round picks he whiffed on, horrible draft mm -hmm. drafter. And then obviously the cherry on top was, um, you know, Bobby Clark let all the let the cat out of the bag two years ago, and everyone told him, no, don't take this Nolan Patrick kid. He's a weirdo. Don't take him. Don't take him. You want Heiskin or McCarr? No, we need this Canadian boy. No, and that set yeah, them good back. Brandon boy. Yeah. yeah, that set them back years. Yeah, that's seven years ago now. That draft coming mm -hmm. up. That's crazy to me. I, I, and then Fletcher. I mean, like when when Hextall first came, I remember he got rid of Ronaldo. He got rid of Coburn. He traded teaming in to the Blackhawks to go win a cup. Like he made a couple of, like he shed some like every jam's gonna do that when they first come in. I it's think just those were all Hextall moves. Yeah, Hextall, Hextall. And then um and then Fletcher. Oh, I might have got my names mixed up. And then Fletcher, <laughs> you know. I mean Fletcher bought out McDonald. Which was cool. And got, then uh, Braun and uh the other guy, Kevin Hayes. He traded away Gudis, right? I think so. 
I feel like, yeah, because that would have been, because everyone hated the, the fucking, they got rid of uh, Gudis for Braun, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Niskanen, and, that was the other one. Yeah, oh, Matt Niskanen. He was good that one good old year. Days. Eh. But it all fell apart after that pandemic season because he knew Niskanen wasn't coming back and waited till the very end of the offseason to sign Eric fucking Gustafson. <laughs> and then just everything he did after that was just a disaster. The amount of bad contracts he gave out when he was here was fucking crazy. That Gustafson thing, you know, I've hinted at this a couple times, but, you know, you had the 17-18 season where they exceeded expectations, got destroyed in the first round of the playoffs. Destroyed! Went into the season, the offseason, and then did nothing, and then came back and sucked. And the same thing happened in 1920. Yeah, outworked everyone's expectations. You went to the playoffs, you made it to the second round for the first time since 2012. You go into the summer, you assign Eric fucking Gustafson, and then try and run it back, and it was an absolute disaster that blew up in their face. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, one of those things that worries me with this team as well, when you're riding on vibes, essentially. Momentum of, we're working hard. You know, if that goes away and you're just left with these bunch of dudes that's on this team, <laughs> it's going to be ugly. No matter what sport you're playing, you have to refresh some pieces. You just have to, or things get stale. But they're leaders, Nick. They need to be here. Too many cooks in the kitchen. But they're leaders. Lead these. <laughs> they... <laughs> <laughs> they work hard. I don't know what more you want. Like I, they don't need I'll... Austin Matthews. We have Ryan Paley. I'll, I'll say it again. They are fun That thread is fucking comical, by the way. I would suggest anyone look that up. Uh, on my, uh, at Dan the Flyer fan. Yeah, I, I, I look. They are fun to watch again. Like I'm, I'm enjoying myself, for the most part. The season is fine. I'm just concerned about the future. It's gonna be a big. If it's a stepping stone and they actually make forward progress, great. But I am not resting on the laurels. Fifty games into the fucking season because they work hard this year. That does nothing for me after ten years of mediocrity. Mm. I need more. I want more. I'm not settling. I'm not going to fucking pander. I'm not going to accept that right now. That's just what it boils down to. If the, Listen, if this team fucking gets your engine going, more power to you. But I want more. I want a perennial goddamn playoff team. If this team had the talent of Boston or Edmonton and they had the work ethic they did, they would be winning cups every year. But they don't have the goddamn talent to pull it off. No. That's just what it boils down. It doesn't have to be work ethic versus star power. And that's just what the battle that everyone always makes it on Twitter. And I just hope to fucking Christ that the front office is smarter than these fucking idiots. And they realize that, hey, we have some major work to do before shit's here. And I don't know if they know that or not, because Tortorella is the one making the call. And every time I take one step forward on Tortorella, it's like one step back. It's like, hey, we, you know, we can't get comfortable with the deadline. And then he goes out and talks about leadership again. <laughs> we yeah. with trading lot, and it is what it is. But we're gonna keep him in A. It's like, well, what are we doing here? Like, you make the moves or you're not. And it's just we're in that weird time of year where floating along till the deadline happens, we can actually figure out what it is that they have up their sleeve for the for this day. Whether they actually sell, whether they go out and buy, even though they say they're not going to. You know, someone like Zegers is available. You better fucking have your hat in the ring for something like that. Mm -hmm. And they probably don't. But I don't know. We just got to know. And games like this happen where they're playing all these teams with uh, high-end players and just can't keep up with them. And the yep. games they have kept up with have not been pretty. 
The kind of shit that is not going to hold up over a seven-game playoff series. No. They play the Devils on Saturday in the outdoor game. Uh, they play Chicago on Wednesday after a couple days off. And then the Rangers next Saturday. I believe Bedard is expected back for that Chicago game. So. He came back tonight. Yeah. So, um, I like their chances against the Devils and the Blackhawks. And it's the Rangers next week. Yeah. Rangers and Pittsburgh going to back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday. Or is the Rangers game? I don't know. I think the Pittsburgh's game is in Pittsburgh. Uh, 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 it is in Philadelphia. And the Penguins game is in Pittsburgh, I believe. So Pittsburgh and the Chicago's in Chicago as well. Yeah. So that's eight points. I'd be happy if they took uh, five out of eight points. They should beat the Devils, Blackhawks, and Penguins. I don't know about the Rangers. Uh, the Penguins, I'm, to me, it's always a toss-up. I mean, didn't both games already go to overtime with them? I believe so. Yeah. I mean, when you face your biggest rival, <laughs> except when the Flyers were so fucking bad the last few years, I feel like all bets are off. Like, you know, Crosby's going to get his. You know, Malkin's going to chop somebody in the face and not get suspended for it. And But the Penguins can be had. I mean, they, they stink. They, did you see him get killed last night by Florida? Mm-hmm. They got fucking killed. And they lost Gensel. He's out now. Yeah, I'm thinking about a month. <sighs> and they're talking about trading him. Yeah, they were uh, considering moving him. It doesn't sound like he's coming back. does not sound like he's re-signing. So. Wow, he wants out. There's another guy that Flyers can sign that they're not going to. No. <laughs> Good. So, I mean, overall, I've been pleased with how the season going. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's a, this is a big few weeks coming up. Big few weeks. Yeah, we'll get more, uh, more insight when the deadline rolls around. But until then, they just got to hang on for dear life. Keep that playoff spot and see what happens. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll call it a day here. Everybody, um, Thursday. So I think Katie will be back Sunday night. I know she's going to the stadium series game, so we'll get a recap of what that was like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Papa will be back next week. I think we're doing a freaking fly recording on uh, Friday as well. So check all that shit out. Plenty of stuff on the website, brotherlypuck.com, at Dan the Flyer, and at underscore pod. Uh, check out at tip to tip pod. Uh, if you're a Flyerside chat listener, that is our new show, Shane and I. We're doing a spinoff, baby. So we're... Uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, check that out. That Twitter page is up. Um, the website will be up soon. We're working on that now. So we'll make that official launch in a little while. But the Twitter page is up if you want to check it out. We're also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify right now. Um, tip to tip podcast. So check that out. And uh, uh, I was going to call you Shane. Nick! Yes, you can find me <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at ForzaInter215. Give everyone a follow that is on this pod. All right, everyone. Until next time, goodbye and good night.